0: Hey everybody, Christina Zias here. I'm a body positive fashion blogger, TV style expert, and your host of Lip Stories. I'm so excited about this new season of Lip Stories and I'm so happy that you're here tuning in. And this season, we are diving in and having some honest and intimate conversations about beauty and what makes us feel empowered. We're looking back on our favorite beauty moments and getting real about how we can all feel a little bit more beautiful, a lot more powerful, and like our best selves. We're discussing body positivity and confidence and beauty and how it's all a personal journey. I hope you loved last week's episode with Lauren Wasser. Thank you so much to Sephora Collection for making this podcast possible. In today's episode, I am talking to Jillian Mercado. Jillian is an activist and model who has muscular dystrophy and uses a wheelchair. Jillian has been featured in campaigns for Diesel, Target, and Beyonce, and often talks about the importance of body positivity and inclusivity. Something that Jillian really advocates for is that people with disabilities are people too. Stop making this complicated. Let's all be allies. Let's all be friends. And let's all be open to conversing with each other and to listening to each other. Stay tuned to listen to how Jillian went from working behind the scenes to starring in some of the world's biggest fashion and beauty campaigns. All right, guys, let's get into it. Jillian Mercado is here with us today. She just walked in looking super fresh, super gorgeous. You have these long, this long hair, these braids. It's like what? Like a bleach
1: blonde kind of? Mm-hmm. Platinum blonde.
0: Platinum blonde. Girl, you
1: are rocking it. What's your new attitude now mm. with this hair? Very Give me like, a vibe. I mean, I've always kind of been this person with this is like elevation. Ooh. Like elevated, like boss, uh, elevated, like determined, elevated like stubbornness but like in a good way where like I don't let anything like back down situation. Like a little sassy as well. And just like, I don't know, just I think I'm at the point of my life where I'm just like, just like do whatever makes you happy. But like do it like 130% more. I think that we can all use that advice
0: (laughs) and probably all of those adjectives and qualities and and everything that you just said. I want to feel a boss, sassy, empowered, all of that. Uh, So Jillian, you are a model and you've worked in the fashion industry for how many years now behind the scenes?
1: Oh, behind it. Like collectively, I started like mid-college. So I, I... like calculation ones, I don't can't remember, but more like thirteen ish years. That's amazing. Yeah, I know you had students at Condé
0: Nast,
1: you worked at yeah, Tumblr, right? Yeah. Did you kind of
0: always have the goal
1: to be in front of the camera? Were those stepping stones? I think I was way shy. I've always been a very shy person, like ever since like third grade. Because uh-huh. um, that's like the earliest memory of school that I have. It's like <laughs> yeah. third grade. So I always like I've always loved like being behind the scenes because it was. So intriguing how, like, an editorial or like a commercial or whatever comes together. Like, always was interested, like, how did this happen when I looked at an ad or, you know, like, who was behind the camera, who was behind the scenes, like, who was the makeup artist, who was, who was just the whole team. Like, that always excited me. Right. So and there I are really so many be, people oh, it's, that go oh, it's a into the whole it thing. Too. Yeah. yeah. And, like, at a runway show, even though like runway shows are like roughly like 10 to five minutes, but it takes like six months or it's more so to cranny. plan and i've always been curious of like that process so i'm like oh my god i really love like the it's also has to do with being uh, a born and raised new yorker and mm-hmm. we're always like hustling and bustling
0: totally but like
1: i loved that atmosphere so much so i just wanted to be in that like zone and place like 24/7 and so with that said what was your first job in the fashion industry right out of college it was working as a creative assistant to Patrick McMullen who was a nightlife photographer. Yes, I know Patrick yeah. McMullen. No that I mean like not like oh okay not okay, like okay. personally. I know of yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> not yeah. gonna like
0: try and pretend I have, like certain streets <laughs> when I know. That's so cool. So you're working with a photographer first job. Mm-hmm. Now you're working with photographers on such a different level. Oh, a
1: whole different level.
0: Can you take me through your first experience being casted in an editorial? Oh, or in a campaign or in just campaign, like your first yeah. job being in front of the camera
1: like because, with the whole setup and the team and I everything. Feel like
0: I can't even imagine how exciting that must be and nerve wracking and I just wanna I want all the emotions.
1: Yeah, um I mean like I mean it was about six years ago is what I discussed with the person who casted me a few months ago. But it was around six years ago during the summertime, it, and I'm—it's like such a privilege and an honor to say that my first job, job, like real, real job, was a diesel campaign, That's like so a worldwide cool. diesel campaign with Inez van who are like the most angelic, legendary photographers, photographers, inside and out, like as people and as like you know photographers themselves or videographers. And I like I remember going to Pier 59 in New York and like walking across the street and I. And I stopped before I entered the pier, and I'm like, just remember this moment right now because I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know like if it's gonna be successful or not, but just like remember how like awesome and like one time, once in a lifetime opportunity this is. Um, I wasn't thinking about the future. I was just thinking about that present moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and then I was all of a sudden I had a rush of like, oh my god, I need to do right. Oh my god, I'm gonna fall. Oh my god, I'm gonna trip. Oh my God, like, you know, all all the nerves. Yeah, all these nerves came into mind, and I'm like, no, it's gonna be fine. They picked me for a reason, and I'm here for a reason, Mm -hmm. and life gives you moments like this for a reason because you can, like, it's meant to be in a way. That was before you got into the set, right? Yeah, that was before that that happened before. before. So when you walked on set,
0: and you were greeted by everyone. Yes. Did you feel like everyone was welcoming and that you everyone knew who you were and were so excited to have you? Did you still feel the nerves in that moment, too?
1: Yeah, I think it was a mix of a lot of things. I, I definitely felt welcomed, I have to say. Like, they did the most, I mean, that day was just like, it was like a 12-hour uh, shoot day because there was 26 people, I think, also wow. casted as well. Um, so they were doing everything um, that one day. But, you know, there was people that I was familiar with that i knew who were casted as well which was nice and comforting too there's people that i had never met before which was also kind of nice meeting new people and like knowing their life stories i'm i'm really much a person like at social settings like i i love knowing your story and where you came from and you know why you're here and why we're here together um so it was like a mix of that but it was also like i just I don't know because I'm in a wheelchair. Like I did not want to fall or mess it up or like not know where to where the camera is or not like. I I felt like I was like why did they pick me here? Did I meant to be here? Like it was like, all these like doubts at the same time. But I kid you not, as soon as I got on set, like on set, on set right. in front of a camera, like all that disappeared. Wow. So the camera and like the shutter
0: speed, everything just relaxed. There was like forty six
1: people you? on set and everyone was looking at me and. At first, you would think like that's a lot of like energies to be looking and at pressure. one person, yeah, and pressure. But it was so beautiful because I felt comfortable in front of them, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Let's just play, let's just like have fun." Like you know, they were very comforting in that way. So it literally didn't feel like a campaign like that disappeared from my life. Like the pressure of it being like worldwide or whatnot. It was more like let's have fun with this, like just me and you, even though there was like forty six people on set, which I- was beautiful. And I think that
0: the more you're in front of the camera too, like the more you get relaxed by it. So I'm sure like as the day went on, you're like even more and more comfortable too.
1: Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, you know? And it was just like be familiarized with like the people on set. And because I knew life behind the scenes, I knew there was nothing I should be worried about. Of course. Because I knew that world already and and just seeing people, they're only concentrated on their job, and that's it. You know, I think we overanalyze, like, oh, they're looking at my one p- pimple on the left side of my cheek. Like, they are not looking at that, trust me. They're looking at lighting. They're looking at, like, what's on the floor. They're looking at, like, a wrinkle in the like in, in paper, whatever. But you. I, I <laughs> love that you said that because
0: you know, I'm in front of the camera sometimes yeah. too and I get I can get insecure, but totally. I know that my experience in front of the camera has hundred percent made me feel more confident. Right. And I always try to encourage other people, especially like in social this social media age right now. Mm-hmm. Everyone's taking selfies, everyone's taking photos. And if you can start to become more comfortable in a photo and like learn your body and just move and just embrace who you are. Yeah then you start to be more comfortable and confident in your everyday life and Absolutely, everywhere you yeah. go. But sometimes, if I'm on set or I'm doing something, I'm 100% worried about that pimple I have. And I'm like, why today? Yeah, I'm like, staring
1: at it. We're, like, hyper-aware. Right, but yeah. no one cares. Like, literally no one. Like, literally, no like, you one. should know that you're in that place for a reason, and they did not pick you just because you have, like, one people on the side. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, um, and I think we're just so hyper aware with like our own insecurity. and We magnify it like 10 times more than what it is. I'm not saying that I personally don't still have insecurities. Right. I think we all do in some. It's a spectrum. For sure. But um, definitely it happens in a moment where everything you feel like all the pressure at the same time and you're like oh my god i'm under a magnifying glass like they're going to see like that one gray hair i have behind my earring like <laughs> no one's going to see that okay so you did this diesel campaign like yes. you're like holy crap i'm a model i'm here there's like
0: all these people around me i had the best photographers in the world did you think it was like a one one stop or were you like you know what i'm going to be a model like this is it there's going to be more campaigns for me
1: Definitely not that day and definitely not like from that shoot day to the maybe like Mm -hmm. mid-release. Not even when it was released either. I had that thought. Um, It was more like I remember shooting that day, like freaking out how like crazy this moment was in my life and going back home and like going back to my life, like going to like the bodega or like literally just living the life I had before even acknowledgement of this shoot. Um, it never clicked to me like, oh, now this is my new like career and this is my new like voyage or adventure. It was more like that is really like that is something really cool that I did like bucket list um, check totally. Yeah. You know, um, I did not like at all had that moment where I was like, oh my god, now this is like this is gonna be a thing now. Um, Till probably like two or three weeks into when they released the campaign.
0: And what was that moment for you where you're like? Wait a minute, this could be a thing, this could be my new career. What triggered that?
1: Um, well, uh, you know, from college to like that moment, my goal was to become an editor. Mm-hmm. And because and, uh, I was very obsessed with magazines, like I really, 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 it was like almost extreme obsessiveness of, of like collecting magazines and reading magazines and being very like thorough and detail oriented, even to the point where I loved reading the credits wow. of a magazine, like who was on the team creating this issue. That's what I thought was going to happen with my life because I wanted to, I wanted to be the one or at least one of the few people who would hire people who looked like me, mm-hmm. in covers of magazines or featuring them or whatnot. Um, so that was I was like, I want to take that responsibility to be like that person to like reach out to someone and be like, you're awesome. Let's put you in this magazine that I'm working for. That's awesome as well. Right. But the viralness of the campaign and the amount of messages think like. I think social media for this 100,000%. The amount of messages that I got within the span of a week or two was so overwhelming in a way where I guess, you know, living in New York and and being in what we call like the bubble, like the New York bubble where mm-hmm. you really don't realize what's around you because we're so diverse. Right. Um in our culture and like just the people who are there and fashion and all of that that I really didn't notice how you know, Severe the Gap was a representation in the world of disability. Like, I knew it was bad, but I didn't know it was that bad, bad, you know? And once I got all these messages and I kept reading and reading and reading them and replying and having these conversations with different people, I noticed that I had this opportunity to be that, like, person to create that path that no one has allowed us to be on. Mm -hmm. And the fact that this is a worldwide campaign, the fact that this is gonna be seen by everyone, in all different shapes and sizes, um, especially in my community, in the disability community, I was like, okay. I'm that person. Here we are, like the person who I was looking for to hire is actually me. That's amazing. Which is trippy and like, oh my God, okay. So then that moment I was like, okay, this cannot be the only solely thing that I do as far as representation in that community goes. After that, what was the next campaign that you got, or the next
0: um, job? That the you next
1: had? big, if I'm not mistaken, it was uh, Nordstrom. Uh, Nordstrom reached another out. no big deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and I worked with my. Th- I don't quote me on this, but I think like two or three more times, I I got hired to be in their catalog, um, which was another demographic too that I never thought that I would reach or you know be in front of, but there I was. I'm like, oh my god! And Nordstrom already had a reputation of hiring uh diverse models in their catalog so i definitely felt very comfortable in being a part of already a movement that they were trying to really push i was like yes okay we're here we're doing something we're moving along we're like evolving and and this is happening do you have a campaign that you worked on that was your absolute favorite oh a campaign oh i mean uh, like it's hard to say it's like picking your favorite child because every campaign or, like, job it's that like I worked for. It's, special in its own way. You know, it's, like, and because, you know, this hasn't been done in the level that's been done, it's hard to even pick, because every single one has been very important to, like, the movement mm-hmm. and to the elevation of seeing the disability world as they should have been seen a very, very long time ago, just with respect, period. Right. Um. But, like, you know, being on the cover of Teen Vogue for a September issue was insane you know I I can't even like
0: imagine how you felt in that moment because I still don't I'm like I'm sitting here with the cover model right now, and I feel super cool just being in your presence for that. I mean, that is huge. So big. So huge. Yeah. And how was how that that day? Did you feel like a superstar? I
1: was like, yes, girl. Okay. And it was like with two other uh, amazing models and activists as well. That, so it was very comforting. And one of them is actually like a really good friend of mine, too. Who was it? Um, Mama Cox. That's so She's fun. like, I literally i live by like, curiously through her she's like the coolest person i've known and she's also an advocate with disabilities as well um and she just like li- like this is what i wanted people to see because that's how i've always viewed disability um or people who have disabilities anyways like just like cool like awesome people right and i'm like why is no one seeing what i'm seeing like it's clear as day it's not in front of them yeah and it's you know it's like they're choosing not to see it it's right. in front of them but they're choosing to you know, have a blind eye Yeah, but it's not in front of them the way it has been, like, in the media or something like that. In the media of entertainment, absolutely not. It's always, like, if you, you know, if you automatically, if you talk about somebody who has a disability without mentioning names, without mentioning who they are, ethnicity, whatever, the first thing they have an image of is, like, a a medical look. Like, someone who's, like, I don't know, like, always in the hospital, you know? And that, totally, that could be for a lot of us, but it's not, it shouldn't be, like, automatic, like stereotype you like glue with someone who has a disability
0: i hope you've been enjoying lip story so far i know i have so shout out to Sephora collection for helping make this whole podcast possible and shout out to our amazing guests i don't know about you but it's been so much fun learning what other people's first memories of beauty are and just how they dabbled in makeup and played with it for the first time It's been so empowering to hear how our guests have gone about challenging and expanding all those outdated beauty tropes, because as we know, the beauty world hasn't always reflected the world as it is. If you're a fan of Lip Stories and what we're doing here, thanks again to Sephora Collection. I hope you share this podcast with as many of your friends as possible. Seriously, word of mouth is the best way for people to discover new podcasts. So go ahead and share the show with your friends. You don't want them to miss out on these conversations. Oh, and because you're such a good friend, I fully expect you to remind your girls to check out the line of lipsticks by Sephora collection called Lip Stories. Head on over to Sephora.com to check out the beautiful shades of Lip Stories lipsticks. Or stop by your local Sephora to find your favorite shade. And now let's get back to our conversation. What do your parents
1: or your family think about like their daughter being a model? it took him a second yeah it took a well okay my so my mom is very like very hispanic very like you know she definitely told us that education was number one important because mm-hmm. she didn't have the opportunity to finish her education so she solely came to america from dominican republic to give us that like freedom to have the option to go to school um which is a privilege in itself, because sure. not a lot of people have that opportunity. So that was like number one. It was like complete education period. Okay. Um. But also, mom, my mom had a odd fascination of her children becoming doctors. So I think really? that's like a generational thing because I'm Greek, and my parents definitely had some odd know? fascination and I'm like, with that too. I know i pretty much like grew up in a hospital as far as like going to the hospital all the time, but like I don't like that's the last thing i'm thinking of being more in a hospital and oddly enough specifically she wanted me to be a dentist really it was so bizarre yeah that's so And funny. i was like, I not even close wanted to be a dentist like whatsoever like, that, like that you is know that. what you'd be great at orthodontics exactly <laughs> and i'm like wait where did you get this information <laughs> but um so my mom when she when i was applying for colleges um mm-hmm like senior year of high school. She told me, she's like, no matter what you do, just make sure you're really happy doing it because you can and you can pick a career that you love, that you will go to sleep and wake up the next day saying like, yes, this is like the path and the career that I want to pursue Um, because she's like, I didn't have an opportunity and there's so many days where I wish, you know, she actually wants to be a nurse, which makes sense why she wanted me to be a doctor. Makes sense, yeah. (laughs) um, She's like, you know, I wish I... I wish I could have been a nurse and I wish I had the opportunity of having that as a career for me and you know, not that I like I'm blessed to have the job that I have now, but it's always like in the back of my mind, like I wish I had the opportunity to like pursue what makes me happy. So she's like no matter what you do in your career, just make sure you're you love it with all your heart and soul. Um and for me, fashion was that.
0: Did she kind of help develop your love for fashion? Like did she get you your first fashion magazine?
1: Uh no she didn't get my first fashion magazine I actually uh my first fashion magazine was remember the time where you like had subscriptions
0: yes of and, course. and like it
1: came in a little what was a your subscription you know
0: yeah
1: um so i think my first one that i signed up to i think was cosmo girl oh yeah for sure and i got that magazine on a, in a dentist like in a in a hospital in a like oh wait like a waiting ear yeah. Yeah, in a hospital. Um, and I like sneaky submitted it without like my mom or parents knowing about it. And then my mom was like, wait, why are we getting these all these magazines all of a sudden? And I was like, I don't know. W- were but they in your they name? Are. Or you like put them in your oh, mom's no. name? You're like, Mommy, you ordered them. <laughs> I have knows. no idea. They were definitely in my name. I was not that like uh, taxful on that one, unfortunately. Um, but she, uh, but my, my parents, both my, my dad and my mom, They've engraved fashion in my mind before. You ever knew that it was even a career that I could take. Um, my mom was a seamstress, oh, so wow. she her job specifically was to embroider uh, little flowers or little hearts on baby clothes. Wow, it's like infants and stuff. That's cool. Um, so she like hand would hand do those, and would she um, do that at home? Yeah, she'll, she she would, would bring her it. work at home. Um, so I would always like sit by her, like for hours and hours and hours. Um. While well, she was like sewing, and I clearly remember like moments where she's watching like a novella, like a soap opera, I love that. and like sewing like her life away, <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, this is really awesome! Like, and I would be like that like annoying daughter who I was like, oh, what fabric is that? Like, what what color is that? Or whatnot? And she was like, your two younger sisters were like off in like La La Land watching cartoons, where you were like never leave my side, because um, I was so intrigued in that. And then my dad, who was working if I'm not mistaken, in the Lower East Side mm-hmm. um, as a shoe salesman. Oh, wow. So you would bring gifts to my mom um, as far as, like, shoes goes, mm-hmm. And I would, like, try them on and fall all the time because they were, like, ten times my size. For sure. But I would always, like, oh, what's crocodile skin? Like, how does that happen? Or, like, you know, what's the new, I don't know, shoe trend or whatnot? And so I was always intrigued about that, um, which kind of, like, sparked the curiosity where I think, like, embedded the curiosity of fashion. Do you still
0: have that curiosity? I mean, obviously you're in front of the camera now and you've worked behind the scenes too, but do you kind of like go through a store and like are paying attention to fabrics or colors? All the
1: time, I actually, there's even something even more creeper that I do. Like sometimes when someone. (laughs) Let's hear the creepiness. When someone has like a cool fabric that I've, like it's like a blend of like two different types. I like literally, I'm like, can I touch your, can I touch your blouse or dress please? And they're like, sure. And I'm like, And I'm like literally like ASMR like in the fabric like I'm like where did he get this from like who'd made this Um, so still even today I have like a tendency to do that
0: do you have any clothing brands that you absolutely
1: love wearing oh oh, uh, I okay honest to God I have not shopped in two years Really? In two whole years, okay, I have Okay, teach none. me your ways because I have the opposite problem. Yeah, no. I usually, like, if I do shop, it's, like, uh, secondhand mm-hmm. stores, thrift shops or whatnot. Especially in Los Angeles, there's so many so of them. Many. Um But I think I have just got hyper aware of the importance that we, like, over shop and over, like, buy clothes when we it's did. not even necessary. And I, I had a moment where I would, like, open my closet and there were still tags on my shirt. And I'm like... Like, I, I haven't seen this in, like, literally six months. And I, obviously I have not worn it because I have a tag on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so that's – so I don't specifically have, like – Are you trying to be more sustainable? Is that kind of the reason I'm why – I'm trying. Yeah. Like, it's hard because, you know, w- you know we're all struggling artists. And it's hard to, like, only buy, like, one brand and be like, yes, this is a brand. And I'm very, like, my style changes literally every other week or every time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's so hard. Uh, but I'm trying. I think we all should kind of realize the importance and how deadly fast fashion can be um, in our world. What about beauty? Did your mom introduce you to beauty and skincare as well, or did you kind of
0: find that out through magazines too? Uh,
1: both. I think there was a, definitely a mix of both. But my mom, I, like I clear remember her um, buying a lot of Revlon and Estee Lauder, mm-hmm. um, and they always had like these. I always also been obsessed with like packaging and yeah. product packaging and. I remember, like you know, playing with my mom, which definitely got me into trouble a million times. But I would remember playing with my mom's makeup and being like, "Oh my god, I look so pretty!" And mom was like, "Oh my god, you look like a clown! Like, what is going on? <laughs> Don't and touch like, my well, lipstick!" Yeah. and I'm like, no. "Yeah," and literally like, <laughs> "Don't touch my lipstick!" It's like this is not cheap at all. And I'm like, "No, yeah, look at me! I'm just like you." So it was, it was like a funny moment for both of us. But it, it definitely also sparked the interest of. You know, beauty and and obsessing over makeup and all of that. What are some of your favorite makeup products? Now, yeah, um, I think we've been we've entered a zone. I, mean, I don't know if it's just like people in my age range, but I've noticed like myself and a few of my friends were more about skincare, and mm-hmm. I th- I think it's because we're getting a little. Uh, up in that like age range you're like, you're like to see really, wrinkles and you're like i gotta handle this know, i love skincare now you know <laughs> and and it's always like you know even though i love still a good mascara mascara and a good like bold lip and whatever i've i've learned to like appreciate m- me with nothing like with zero things you know um not that you can't either with makeup as well i don't think it's i don't think you know, makeup is to hide anything. It's just, it's kind of like an, you're an art piece and you're just like putting different strokes of colors and brushes on yourself. Um, but I mean, I've I've known this company since the day it started, which is Milk Makeup. Oh yeah. I love them. Um, I love Anastasia. Mm-hmm. I love their matte lipstick. Oh my God, I can literally like live and swim in all of them. My makeup products now has always been like a lot of bold lips, Mm -hmm. like NARS. I have like a whole, the whole collection of their matte lipsticks. What role,
0: if any, does your cultural background play into your love for beauty?
1: So much. Um, Being, uh, having both of my parents from the Dominican Republic were very vibrant Mm -hmm. um, in our colors and the way we dress and like, They don't know what a black fabric is at all. First, it the sun absorbs way too much in Dominican (laughs) public, so that would just be like death. You don't do it. Yeah, no. Um, But it it definitely has expanded my like uh, variety of like different makeup looks, which is amazing. Um, So it it plays a whole part into like every single day of my makeup looks. When you were a
0: teenager or a kid, how did you feel about like your overall look? Were you confident? Or did you have insecurities? I mean, obviously we all do as like teenagers, but how did yours play into your daily life?
1: Well, like when I was really, really, really young, I didn't, I didn't notice like anything different with myself and my and my other classmates. I was always the only one who has a had a visible disability in my mm-hmm. classroom. Um, and at that point, I was walking with a walker mm-hmm. to like my class. At what age? I want to say from like preschool till I think I got my first electric wheelchair when I was in like fourth fifth grade. um so from that from that moment, like nothing really it didn't I didn't really see the difference between myself and my other classmates. I definitely like slowly started to notice like the very, very different in a bad way. Um, not in a bad way like I thought it was a bad way, but in a bad way like the energy and the messages I would receive from like kids who maybe, you know, it's like innocence, it's also like lack of education coming from home and or coming from what they see in the media or thinking like someone who doesn't look like themselves is considered weird in a bad way. Right. I love being weird now, like I'm like, like yes, I'm weird and in a good way, you know, it makes me different from anybody else. But I think that um, it starts very much in the early ages of life when you don't see diversity and you don't see representation, even, you know, in cartoons. I never really understood why I was always, like, attacked in a way where it was, like, an emotional attack, um, which, you know, grew my insecurities in a really bad way, like, bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where I was, like, so shy and I was always, like, party of one in all my, like, education because i just felt like such an outsider in a in a very like insider uh, scenario.
0: Right. How and why did that start to change for you where you started to become a little bit more confident
1: in your own skin? I think it was definitely a moment of of like i've had it. Like i I've, I've this i'm done. And i looked at myself and i was like i'm so tired i'm like so tired of feeling this way and like i'm not going to progress as a person because I just didn't see, like, the light at the end of the tunnel at all. And I'm like, let me just try. Let me just try to, like, like like my imperfections and, like, like this big scar that I have on my, you know, on the side of my body. And let's see how that goes and see if that can change. And I kid you not, I think the moment that I figured that there's nothing in the world that's going to make me perfect in a way of, like, what other people view as perfection as soon as I forget about that like weird rule book that people have had um for centuries and centuries of what equals perfect um my whole life completely changed I love
0: that so much and I couldn't I could not agree more because you know people are always like you know how do you become more confident and I feel like it's such a journey Mm -hmm. but I do think the first step is loving yourself today with all these imperfections you have and I feel like you're just such a great role model for that message
1: yeah and it's just like honestly the acknowledgement is like okay first of all we live on a planet I don't know if everyone anyone's seen one strange rock but it is crazy it's a crazy like little documentary miniseries that's on Netflix and it's like yeah it's like we live on one planet that's turning around so one it's floating two you are the only person in this whole existence of thousands of billions of years that this planet has been alive. You're the only one period. So once you like realize that that the weirdest phenomenon in the world, then you're like, you know, and so it's like, just be really thankful that you are who you are because you are the only one who you are. If that makes sense.
0: What do you think is the most important thing that like media outlets or just people in general can do to make this world a little bit more inclusive?
1: It's really simple to be honest. Like I, I think I've like nailed it down on how simple it is and it's just to listen and that's it. Like just listen to listen to communities that have are minorities and understand why they're in the place that they are and it, it's like a whole brainwashing situation Um, And know that you yourself have the power to, like, elevate other people who may not have the opportunity to have the position or the uh, platform that you have. So I always say it's, like, it's very important as, like, a general life book to listen to listen and not listen to answer back. And I think a lot of people, once you start talking about, like, your problems and your difficulties or whatever, they already have, like, they're already thinking, like, oh, my God, I know what to say after she's saying it. And it's, like, just... Like just like listen how important it is for me to convey this message so you can get it right and so you can have you know go back to your office or go back to your place of work and go like oh my god i just heard like this story about this person who is having a difficult time doing a b and c and i have the power to like help that person in whatever they need to like elevate themselves so i think that once brands and companies and people who have that platform and that power to do so. It's all, like representation. You need to see the world exactly how you see it um, in media and fashion and entertainment or whatever. And if you don't, then that's a problem.
0: And I guess you kind of felt like that, right? When you were flipping through your favorite magazines, you are like, I don't see the representation in my culture probably. Definitely with your disability. And now yeah. you're kind of, like, here, moving and grooving, doing it yeah, all. Yeah,
1: even, like, as a woman, too. Like, we've we've come so far, but there's so many things that, like, just needs to stop happening, you know? Like, over-sexualizing everything, you know? And how that apparently, like, sex sells. Like, sure, but that's kind of horrible to have that frame of thought as well, you know, specifically on women, Mm-hmm. you know um and it's like way more on us than it is on like any other human in this planet. What do you think brands could do better if like they
0: want to work with more models that have disabilities? Mm-hmm. Like what's something that they could do to make i guess your life easier or just to be more aware?
1: I mean, one do the research. Mm-hmm. I think if you like authentically want to be that brand or that company that does represent a variety of different people, um Definitely do your research, do your focus groups, do whatever you need to do to you know, listen and get it right um, and not have just a checklist just because it's cool now, I guess. And then the other thing which is like the more, um, the one that I would prefer the most is to hire, to hire us within your company and say like, we wanna give you the position to help us you know, be that company that has people with disabilities in our brand um, and have them be part of your company. That's you so know?
0: interesting. So not even like just hiring you to be a model to show no. what they're doing. To like actually have hire you to be Yeah, inclusion means including
1: everyone in every section of the company, you know, behind the scenes and in front of the scenes. There's a lot of amazing photographers um who I've learned of on, you know, my voyage. As a model um, with a disability, that are amazing photographers, and I'm like, why has anyone hired this person to like do a campaign or whatnot, mm-hmm. um, or why hasn't anyone like been a DP or a casting? I mean, the the jobs behind the scenes are literally endless, um, and I think it's important, and I think it's, I would feel so comfortable knowing that I when I go on set, I'm like wow there's an collective group of people working here you know and it's not just like we have the one asian person we have the one plus s model we have the one person with a disability just to like be like okay we covered all bases it's like no like authentically hire people behind the scenes and in front of the scenes
0: i think that's such a good point and such a valid point and i don't think that as a consumer right mm-hmm. You're totally right, because I can see like a Target campaign and be like, wow, Target's like really hitting mar- the mark. They're doing such a r- great job. Totally. But I don't necessarily think about behind the scenes and the other people that they're hiring, too. then it's
1: not authentic, you know? Then it's like, what's the point, really, if you're not like giving opportunities? Especially, you know, I always say this, but it's like giving opportunities to people who have disabilities because we need to pay our rent, too, believe it or not. We also shop, believe it or not. We also do normal, basic things that anyone else does believe it or not we're humans you know <laughs> and it's it's really like infuriating to think anything different
0: do you think that's like a huge misconception or the, something
1: that like, oh oh 100% like, right I've had people tell me to my face like oh my god you date like no way like do you only date people who have disabilities or do you date people who don't and I'm like this is the most weirdest question you can ever ask anyone period just like Anyone, it doesn't even have to be me. Just like never ask this question to anyone in the way that you're asking it, right? You know? For sure, because you're making you're demeaning me. Absolutely, you know, you're that. making me like, do you date too? Right. Is is that crazy that you date? And if it's not crazy, then you date, then it shouldn't be crazy for me to date. And the problem is, is that that person asking those questions has
0: no idea that that sounds so demeaning,
1: hundred percent.
0: And they're probably just like generally trying to get to know you better and like be more. Get to know you,
1: right? And that, comes and that's from, the problem. Yeah, and that comes from education. And sometimes there were points in my life where I would get mad at questions like that, mm-hmm. and then I had to realize that it was just ignorance in a way that they just don't know or understand how problematic that even trina thought is.
0: What do you think that people then could be doing better to like get to, to be more comfortable around people with disabilities? I
1: mean, I think fear is the most like poison. Thing that we have as humans, you know, just being fearful of other people, you know, as far as like their differences, and I think it's you know it's really hurtful if you go into a place and you feel the energy of how different you are in a in a negative way Mm -hmm. than in a positive way, and I think it's just like if you if you really really truly are finding yourself like why are people attacking me for just saying something that I'm saying from all my heart because I'm pretty sure people who've come up to me and said things like that they don't mean it in a bad way for sure they mean it they mean it in like oh i'm just, just trying to be nice situation um so i always pick my battles yeah you know but um it, if you really authentically want to understand why then ask it in a way that you're like i just want to know like did i was that offensive for you and why and like listen to why it could be problematic you know and also like i said before i think that more companies entertainment world media or whatever just need to understand that our stories need to be told in the in from coming from us i'm honored to be able to help share your story, you. um, where can
0: everyone find you and where do you want, what's next for you? I mean, obviously you're gonna continue modeling, but do you want to act, do you want to get into the entertainment field in other areas or?
1: Absolutely, I'm like, at this point, let's just be an astronaut. But i um, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, let's go to Mars. Let's do it. Um, oh. Yeah, I, I'm i also assigned to WME and mm-hmm. that's like the entertainment world as well. And um, I can say that uh, there is, Hopefully there's gonna be an opportunity where I'm going to be um very much in the acting entertainment world. That's exciting. Can you tell us any um, more? Like drop no. names. Okay. <laughs> Maybe like in the next podcast, totally. Okay, okay. We'll have to do a follow up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, I mean at this point I think the representation is very, very still like in its beginning stages. Mm-hmm. You know, just seeing, you know, people speaking up about you know, there is in three shades of foundation, there is like thousands Thousands. you know um there isn't like one type of beauty there is thousands and it's always you know it's important to you know continue that conversation till you know it's there's so many options that you're like okay we did good i love that jillian where can everyone find you what's your instagram yes uh, my instagram is just my whole name jillian mercado and yeah you are such (laughs) a badass (laughs) thank Thank you you so
0: much for being here for inspiring the world and for doing everything that you do thank you Okay, that's it for our show today. A big thank you to our partners at Sephora Collection for helping make this episode and this whole podcast possible. I've been loving these conversations on the podcast. And if you do too, please go ahead and tell all your friends to subscribe. We're gonna keep the conversations going for a few more episodes and we wanna reach as many people as possible. So don't we, subscribe, rate, review, give us those five stars and share the show. And you know, When you've decided on your favorite shades of Lip Stories lipsticks available on sephora.com and in Sephora retailers, let me know on social. I'd love to see what lip colors are your favorites. Just tag Sephora Collection on Instagram at SC. That's the letter S as in Sephora and C as in Collection. And you can follow me on Instagram at Miss Zias. That's M-I-S-S-Z-I-A-S. Bye, guys.